0: News Talk Breakfast with Kira Kelly and Shane Coleman in association with Air on News Talk. Now, with a range of measures planned in the upcoming budget to ease the burden of the cost of living crisis, how much can we realistically afford to spend? Kieran McQuinn is research professor at the ESRI. Later today, he'll be giving his views to the Oroctus Committee on Budgetary Oversight. He joins us now, uh, Kieran. What do you think? We've already been told we're going to have a a 6.7 billion euro package, budget package. There's obviously going to be a lot more aside because there's a a, a big raft of money being put aside for one-off measures. How much room does the government have to play with here, do you think?
1: Well good morning, Shane. Obviously we're in very uh, exceptional circumstances where you know the rate of inflation uh, is uh, you know running. I mean we said in our last commentary that we expected it to run uh, just over seven percent for the uh, for the present year. I think it's now likely that it's going to be north of that you know in excess of that um, so you have huge cost of living pressures which uh, many many households, most households really are facing, and so the government is in a very unusual position where it's facing high periods of inflation. Uh, but you also have, on the other hand, an economy which to date has been performing very, very strongly. Uh, so, you know, we saw on the recent national accounts how the economy grew very, very exceptionally in, in, in quarter two of this year so. Uh, The government has to walk a a, a tightrope, if you like, between, on the one hand, ensuring that those households which need help the most are are insulated as much as possible from the the kind of the the increase in costs that are being observed. But on the other hand, the government has to make sure that whatever they do uh, doesn't, if you like, exacerbate the inflationary pressures. Because, of course, when the government puts money into the economy in terms of increased payments and welfare payments, etc., By definition, that does tend, uh, if you like, to to potentially stimulate the inflationary pressures which are there. So the government has to walk a very tight line in in respect of that.
0: Okay, um, does that tight line go as far as a 6.7 billion euro package, plus it's now been mooted in the papers, a 2 billion package of one-off measures, at least 2 billion of one-off measures, so 8.7 billion. At that point, are we getting into the zone of chasing inflation and increasing inflation?
1: I think, you know, if you put such an amount of money into the economy, almost inevitably it will... You know it will fuel and it will add to uh, the, the the inflationary pressures that are there i, I don 't think there's any real doubt about that i mean that is a i mean if you think about it that's upwards of nearly nine billion euros at a time when you know the economy is growing very very strongly uh, albeit there are signs that maybe the, the the pace of growth is beginning to slow as we move towards the end of the year but there's no doubt i mean it is a sizable uh, sum of money it could protect, you know it would have inflationary uh, uh, dangers associated with it. But on the other hand, you are obviously confronted by a situation where you are seeing very, very sharp increases in costs right across the economy. Our kind of policy prognosis from the start has been, you know, pretty much the same and consistent, which is that mm. the government really needs to target support of those households that need it the most. I think that's most independent kind of observers, I think, would agree with that assessment. You need to target the, the, the support, the welfare payments, etc., at those households which need it the most. It needs to be targeted as much as possible, you know, to offset the possibility. That the, the kind of support measures that are introduced would be inflationary, um, but to answer your question, you know, a, a support package of, of nearly nine billion would have inflationary risks associated with it.
0: Okay, uh, and you, you make a really valid point about the the, 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 the merits of targeting uh, those measures. I suppose what politicians would say is that's all very well, but uh, Kieran McQuinn and Shane Coleman don't need to get re-elected. We do.
1: Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, and and there is an additional problem with targeting, which is one of timeliness. And we saw that particularly with the pandemic. Uh, You know, the pandemic payment was brought in overnight. I think most people would have welcomed that and welcomed you know, the fact that it was brought in so swiftly and that it it helped to reassure people who were losing their jobs in those circumstances. But there's always a trade-off between a measure that's brought in in a timely fashion uh, uh, and then one that's brought in kind of universally. So if you bring it in in a a universal sense, it's quite easy to do and, and quite quick. But it does mean that people inevitably will will receive uh, payments and welfare payments who really probably don't need them or certainly don't need them as, as much as other people do in the economy. Yeah. But it does go back to that problem. As I said, the, the, the basic issue and, and the basic challenge which the government has been confronted with in, in the forthcoming budget is on the one hand, ensuring that those households which need the support get it uh, in so far as possible. But on the other hand, ensuring that whatever you do, doesn't additionally stimulate the inflationary pressures that are there. Because I think what we have seen, and I think others have seen, when you look at the different categories in the, infl- the typical inflationary basket, initially the inflationary pressures were obviously coming from energy uh, and food, but you are in recent times beginning to see some of those inflationary pressures seep into other items of, of, of the, the typical basket of goods. And in that context, you know, that does provide some evidence that it's more widely based, and therefore then that, you know, if the yeah. government, for instance, were to bring in a size Package that it would have us uh, bring us inflationary risks.
0: Uh, just very briefly, and, and feel free to sidestep this one if you wish. Uh, and just uh, looking at the UK, Liz Trust talk talking about bringing a cap in on energy prices, uh, which would obviously be hugely expensive. But does that also fall into the category of non-targeted measures you were talking about? Because obviously, even the richest households would benefit from that.
1: Yeah, it clearly does. I I think that that there's no doubt about that. I saw Paul Johnson, the head of the IFS in in the UK, you know, clearly make that point. Um, I think in terms of those types of measures, I think what we would say is that, look, the EU has been formulating policy responses. Uh, whether it's to do with, you know, windfall taxes, etc. And those types of measures, I think they're probably, we're probably best placed, if you like, to bring those measures in at a uh, EU-wide level than, you know, to to, to start kind of unilaterally making those decisions at a domestic basis. Because, again, there's question marks about how much money you would actually raise, for instance, in the context of a windfall tax here, as opposed to if it was done at a European level.
0: Okay, we'll leave it there. Karen McQuinn, Research Professor at the ESRI. Thanks for talking to News Talk Breakfast this morning.